Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So it was an interesting week, to say the least, for me since my last podcast. My daughter graduated from high school, committed to college. Certainly a happy time for sure. But then I also had to attend a memorial service for a very dear friend and bowling teammate. In last year's episode for Coronacation with Paul, we referred to our late friend, R.C. Hanser, as the most loving, miserable person we knew. The service was filled with good stories and then led us back to his house where we just sat in the garage and drank his favorite beer, Budweiser. Now, this reminded me that the simple things are what makes you smile. You don't have to drink expensive beer, and no offense to Budweiser on this one, or get expensive food to make it better. And reunions and get-togethers do not need to be complicated because most reunions of any kind forget the real reason why they're getting together in the first place. You want to hang out. You want to tell stories. You want to do all of that. It reminded me of high school reunions. Anyone who has ever attended any of these shindigs knows it's usually at a fancy place, carries a price tag of north of $100 for dinner, and everyone is all dressed up, uncomfortable. And in this format, usually you could chat just a bit, but what are we really doing? I think every reunion should go back to basics. High school reunions should be in the high school gym. Have the favorite pizza place from the corner delivered to the school. And then take a tour of the school. Maybe talk about teachers that you had. Talk about boyfriends and girlfriends and whatever made you happy. And, and the reason that you wanted to go to the reunion in the first place, get back to what made you smile. See people you haven't seen in a while and catch up on the good old days. And I know not everyone had fond memories of high school, and that might be a bad example. But I certainly know that you have friends you haven't seen in a while. And get together. Make it simple. Don't complicate. You can sit in a garage, drink beer, exchange stories of all the fun times. And the best part, it doesn't have to cost a lot. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She is a New York City radio and TV host for a lot of years. That is because she started at the age of five years old. Please welcome the very talented Adrian Watson to Lens Burning Bush. Adrian, how are you? I'm fine. Glad to be here. I like to say I've been working since the last century. That's what it says on my page. <laughs> wow, the last century. Look at you. But again, at only 29, you look fantastic. I, I think it's it, it's great. We haven't seen each other or talked to each other in a long time. We used to work together at the lovely Fortune Off building. In, um, we, we've, I've had many guests on. We talk about this Fortune Off building, which was a rat's nest. But what are you, what's your opinion of the, of the, of the Fortune Off building back in the day? Right in the heart of Midtown on Fashionable Fifth Avenue. It was a really great location. I mean, you could walk everywhere, Rockefeller Center. It was a it was an interesting place to work. But the backstory, I think, is even more interesting than that because we started out at the World Trade Center when I started working, and I would go to the World Trade every morning. And then when the first incident happened at World Trade, we got booted out and actually ended up mostly at our radio stations because we had no place to go. And then after that, they found us the home on Fortune Off Building on Fifth Avenue, right in the heart. It was really in the middle of everything. And actually, those are the days when I used to walk more. You know, you park yeah. car and you walk blocks, and then all of a sudden, you stop. You know, you're driving everywhere, and you don't get that exercise anymore. That definitely crept up on us. But 
after that first incident at World Trade, we got moved. And then after that, the company got bought and bought again. And then I, I still remember second World Trade, the, the towers, when the towers came down, I was actually working on television as traffic reporter on Channel 5 in New York. And we were there, we were watching it. I mean, we had one of our reporters down there, so it really hit home. I mean, we were in the studio for 20 hours on the day that terror attack happened at World Trade. So, I mean, after that, it took a while for us to get back to normal. But, um, yeah, we moved around a lot, and we got bought up a lot. And then we ended up in New Jersey with shadow traffic and Westwood One, and now it's iHeart. It's just a big happy. But one constant is that you have stayed through this whole thing. Adrian Watson is a legendary voice on New York City radio, and everybody feels comfortable with you giving the traffic. Well, thank you. I mean, I did start by flying in a helicopter, so I was an expert back then where you're actually seeing what's going on. When I first got hired, actually, by it was Metro Traffic back then. That was yeah. what we were. David Saperstein. Yep. Yeah. World Trade Center. I was flying in a chopper for Z100, one of our top stations here in New York, which happens also to be an iHeart station. But I was flying in the chopper, and I got up every morning, and I went to Teterboro Airport and got in a chopper, and boom, there you go. <laughs> now, I did that once. I think I auditioned for a station, and I had to get up in the helicopter and do it. And I was as nervous as any all get out. Now, I've flown before, but chopper is a little bit different. Explain that you know, to people how that works when you're in the chopper. Well, the, the smooth part about the chopper is taking off and landing. You're kind of going straight up and down, so you're not feeling that, that push, you know, like if you're, if you're in a small plane or even a big plane. But the other part that was a little unnerving is you need to know where to look. This is a, f a funny side story. When my husband and I got married, we went to Hawaii, and we did a helicopter tour, and he was looking through a camera the whole time, and I was just looking out. When we got out, he was so dizzy he could barely walk because you need to see where you're looking. So... You look out at the chopper and you focus on something. But I used to fly with somebody who used to like to circle around events. That's what gets you yeah. when you're going to helicopter. Other than that, I really did like the helicopter, and our pilots made us feel really safe. And one morning we're flying. It was a little foggy. We're over the Hudson River, and my pilot, Mike, said, uh, somebody just crossed in front of us in a plane, and he called the traffic control tower, and he said, we're, we're landing because he was concerned about safety. So I never was really concerned about safety in the chopper it's just getting up early in the morning and you don't fly when it's rainy you know it's and pilot yeah exactly you have to be uh the weather is very important and you got to do it and now you know you you did traffic on tv as well and that's always harder because you you know I, i've talked about this with many uh female reporters that have to get up get dressed get all of the the makeup it, it takes a long time and how was that experience on tv well it's uh, first of all living with curly hair i mean which is what i am back in the day they didn't like curly hair on tv so you always had to straighten your hair nobody could have curly hair now everybody has curly hair but you know back then you have to deal with the hair being straight the makeup usually there's radio stations a lot of stations have cut that out but usually you walk in and there's somebody to do your makeup because they're experts and they want to make you look good but my first four tv was standing actually at Metro Traffic in the Fortune Off building in the middle of the place doing like just my face, doing a traffic report. And when I started doing work for Channel 5, we did it out of a studio on Fifth Avenue. And, you know, we had our own lights in there, how to do my own makeup. And of course, that first day I was sick to my stomach. I was so nervous. I didn't think I was going to 
you know, like you push yourself through radio and TV when you're really nervous, and somehow I survived. But a few months after that, one of the light bulbs blew in the studio, and the extra light bulbs were locked up and nobody could get at them. So that was my last time in that studio, and they moved me to the to the news building right after that. It's kind of funny, actually. Well, but it's I'll... fun on TV once you get the, the gist of the maps and pointing to things, which really is not that hard. You just have to do it a few times because you're doing opposite. You know, when you're pointing to the weather map or the traffic map, you're pointing in the opposite direction. So, And the people at TV are a great group of people, especially back then. Channel 5 was just a bunch of people that had been there forever. Jim uh, Ryan and Lynn Brown. It was just great, great bunch of people. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I remember talking to a lot of, you know, uh, Chelsea did traffic. Uh, there was uh, Eileen Marchese and uh, all of the people that had did TV traffic, Carrie Lee. And, and just, you know, talking to them after because their studio would open the door real, uh, you know, once they were done, the door opened and they were just hanging out for 20 minutes, you know, whenever the next traffic report was. And it, you always got to, to talk about. But one of the things that, that people, you know, explain this because uh, people don't understand that a lot of the radio and TV traffic reporters do what is called a split shift. And that is hard to do a split shift, right? You, you've done it. That's kind of mostly phased out, but I did that. I was, used to work mornings, and then I used to go home, and then I used to come back and work afternoons. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it really disrupts your sleep. And after a while, I finally rebelled, and I said, I, you know, I don't want to do the split anymore. But it, it is. It's very taxing. But if you're working from home for one of the splits, because a lot of people did that, that's great. But not if you have to keep going into New York twice a day, that, especially if you live in New Jersey. That's just not – it's not good. <laughs> no, it's the schlepping, I always say. The schlepping is what, what – what kills you, the schlepping. So I talked a little bit in the beginning about graduations, uh, and I talked about the reunions, right? And and one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because, you know, have you been to your, any of your high school reunions? Yes, I went to two. Okay. Uh, two. The first one was in a, I don't know, some restaurant facility. And, you know, I saw people from school. It was okay. And the second one was actually in somebody's house. They were somebody that lived down the shore was very nice, nice enough to volunteer his house, a beautiful house. And it was kind of fun, but people were still kind of clicky. It was interesting. But that was it. Two two reunions were really enough for me. And there were seven hundred and sixty five people in my high school graduating class. You're talking about having that in a gymnasium, like, mm, I don't know if we would fit because we had a yeah. real class. Well, I was just thinking of a way to make it so that more people would number one want to go. And then, you know, the, the fact is when you start putting price tags of north of $100 and then some people have to go get a hotel room and all of this stuff, it starts adding up to a pretty heavy expense. So I think what we forget is the real reason why we want to go to these reunions of any kind, whether it's a family reunion. I don't think we need to complicate it by adding in money to the mix. True, true. I mean, if there's a simple way to do things, even a catering place like the Knights of Columbus, you know, the VFW, yeah. like that, where you just get the old food and you put it in the tray, and that's that. I, you know, now that you mentioned that, it's just, I have very few friends that I'm in touch with. I'm one of those people that I kind of hide away, and I kind of, you know, enjoy myself watching my birds out my window, and, <laughs> and out. we have basically five acres of trees here, and a lot of wildlife running through our yard, like bear, foxes, and weasels even, but... um a lot of people, I think, are in touch on social media, and maybe maybe they don't think it's necessary to physically be there in person because they're always following people. Me, personally, I think I'm one of the three people in the world who are not on Facebook. 
I'm on I, Twitter, not on Facebook. You I are just, probably better off because it's yeah. just there's a lot of nonsense that goes on on a daily basis. I stay on obvious reasons. I mean, there's some good that happens to it. You're right. You can keep uh, uh, in contact with people. But I still miss, you know, I, I, I have good friends and I, I did an episode with them. Um, they were, it was the days of, uh, kind of bringing back the good old days. Right. Um, and I brought my original childhood friends on from North Bergen, New Jersey, and we had a great episode, episode eight, and we talked about the things, but we had a, a, a similar type of situation with a reunion and we got together. It was like 2005, I want to say, and we were kind of talking about originally just kind of going to, um, upstate New York. Somebody had a cabin and we were just going to sit out side and just grill some steaks and just have a good time right so that was fine for me right I didn't care and it wasn't about the money it was just I don't need fancy right I mean yeah. sometimes I could get a meal if I want to go buy a meal I go buy a meal it's that's not an issue so they wound up going I think we had we went to um, either Jersey City or Weehawken I can't remember but we went to Fleming's Steakhouse okay. that's what we did and the bill was like, you know, astronomical, of course. But I talked to a good friend of mine and I said, you know what? The, what's interesting is him and I um, would be able to just kind of sit around. We used to, you know, when we were younger. We would sit around outside all night sometimes just kind of talking and doing stuff like we could have done something like that and not had to pay the hundred fifty dollar bill for the steak. I just feel like I think we overcomplicate. Oh, we got to get together. We got to have this and we got to have that. But it's like going to the movies and trying to have a conversation at the movies, right? It's not a great first date, and it's not a great reunion to go to a restaurant. It's it's better to just kind of go places where you grew up or do a, you know, go back to the time that made you happy, right? Yeah, or even invite people. Like I said, we have a small circle of friends. We're very busy. Um, small circle of friends just hang in the yard, you know? That's it. Bring yeah. a snack in the yard. That's all you need to do. But it's, I mean, it's fun to go out, obviously, once in a while and, and enjoy yourself. We took our in-laws out a few for their anniversary and oh yeah we footed the bill um but it was very good food and they had a great time and that's good and you don't do that all the time but hanging out with friends is so easy just pick a spot you know yeah. and sometimes that hey there's a river over there there's a nice little grassy patch hey hey let's be silly and go for a picnic you know who yeah. goes for a <laughs> no nobody does and like i said we were in the garage drinking beer and it was simple and it was like an awesome time that you know telling stories, drinking beer. I, I texted a, another friend of mine who was who attended, and we were just kind of raving about how great of a time we had, even though, unfortunately, our friend had passed. But it was like the stories that we had, it was it was awesome. It was like he was there anyway, right? Yeah. So just an interesting thing. Now, I think that as we go through 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 life, things have changed, as, as you know. Uh, kids change things, all kinds of stuff. And, and, and priorities also change. But more importantly, I think standards have changed a little bit. And, and I always noted, you know, because I tell this story about my daughter who had uh, in the, I think it was like fourth or fifth grade, she tried out for the uh, cross-country team and didn't do very well. She got an 11th place ribbon. And there was only 11 girls. She got okay. a ribbon for this. And, and I look at this, and, and this story that I saw reminded me that, Either the standards are changing or we're just, you know, it, it, it's interesting. But here we have a Los Angeles toddler is now the youngest member of Mensa. Now, Mensa, of course, right? Two years old. 
Now listen to this, what the two-year-old can do, right? Her skills include the naming of all the elements on the periodic table, which I probably couldn't even do right now, uh, identifying all 50 states by shape and location. I could probably do that. And then learning Spanish, deciphering patterns according to her parents. Now, wow. this is according to her parents, but I don't know if there was any an actual test that was done. But why does a two-year-old need to even be considered for this? Why can't a two-year-old just have fun? I mean, are we really... Uh, it depends on the parent's personality profile. That's my only answer. Maybe they need attention or maybe they just want her to have a chance to be, you know, to shine. But I would hope that they're testing somebody at that point to know all, all the... That's crazy. It reminds me of Tom. I don't know if you remember Tom Lair. He was a yeah. part of the and he did called the, the, the tape, the elements. And he sang them. But back then there were fewer elements. But it was a funny... He's a great, great guy. Sometimes they have specials on about him on by sidebar. I, I don't know. I think that the parents sometimes need more attention, and that's scary. And yes, you're right, standards have changed. My parents just worked hard. I started working when I was 18. You know, you go play, you amuse yourself, and now it's just your kids are sitting there looking at their phones. Ah, there you go. Thanks for playing. Yeah. Sitting there for hours. You know, our, our nieces, nephews, they just sit there and stare at the phones, and that's not reality. No, it's like everybody thinks they're kids. Of course, their kids are special to them. Right. But they're not special. Like, you know, a lot of kids are just average and that's fine, too. But this one they, they talk about. So uh, her family said as soon as Kasha, her name is Kasha Quest. Her, said as soon as Kasha said her first word, her skills developed rapidly. She soon was speaking in sentences that contained five or more words. Oy, oh, my God. Uh, through their daily obser observations, it struck their family. That the daughter might be at advanced age and her pediatrician even acknowledged it at her 18-month checkup and had to let them know where Kasha was on a number of shapes and colors and wanted to... I, I, I just... I find it interesting, as I attended a high school graduation this week, 99% of people, 99... It's probably higher than that, 99.9 .9 maybe, people graduate from high school. It, it's, it's not that big of a deal, you know? And, and yet, oh my goodness, the, the, um, the outpouring of where people put on the, you know, we had our, our high school reunion was at an arena. Um, okay. You know, they had to have it in an arena because, you know, God forbid they could put it at the football field, right, um, to do it like I did it back in the day, right? I'm sure yours was there too at the football field. But now they do it at arenas. But they have where they sell, not advertising, but they sell the, remember the boosters where people would say, you know, okay, well, they yeah. do that now, and it's like, oh, we're so proud of you. You're going to be the best at all this stuff. And it's like, I would have liked to have said, we're so happy that you made it to this day. We didn't think it was going to happen, right? That, yeah. that would have been. It's, it's all about money sometimes, too, though. But I, the, the two-year-old, I feel bad because she's going to get a barrage of publicity. And that's, you know, is that what you want? I mean, is that really for the kid or is that for the parents? That's my only question. Uh, I think it's for the parents, and I, I really I, – it, it's the same thing. I coached baseball for nine years, and I saw parents that just – they're ridiculous with their kids with with sports, but it's it's everything. It's just anything that the kid does, and, and, and they're all – you know, they're, they're going to be moving in with these kids in college now, and they're going to be – you know, they're – you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they're, they're, the mother is on the wedding night with the, with the daughter. I just it's – just, it's crazy. I hopefully, hopefully the kids will get a chance to grow up, but I just, I think people in general just feel like they need attention. Uh, everybody. I think that's 
all the problems here. People feel like they need attention. They're not important. Nobody's paying attention to them. Like, I don't know how we lost that whole identity for ourselves, you know, and it's, it has to do with your upbringing. That's all I have to say. Yeah. You know, I mean, my dad's working when he was in grammar school, you know, I mean, yeah, I had a paper route. I mean, when I was younger, so can't, can't do that now. So I have a question for you. Have you, when was the last time you mailed a letter? Of any kind, either even a, even a bill. Do you mail your bills or do you do, you do it online? Probably a week ago. <laughs> okay. So do you have any stamps right now? Oh. Do you have a, a forever stamps or do you have the regular stamps? Well, I have forever stamps and then I also have a stamp collection from when I was a kid. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad because this is great because I'm going to bring this up. I don't know if you saw this, but the cost of a first class stamp is increasing now to 58 cents. So good that you have the forever stamps. I had no, I haven't mailed anything in so long. I think the last thing I mailed was I had to send the IRS money, but I okay. let my I let Susan just kind of throw the stamp on. She had stamps. I don't have any stamps, um, so I don't even I, I have not even mailed anything. That was the only thing that I actually mail. I just I pay everything online and I do everything. And probably part of the reason why the post office is uh, having to charge fifty eight cents for a mail. But I I mean I must have fallen asleep like Rip Van Winkle because. I thought it was somewhere around 35 cents or something. I, I had no idea. I don't even know what they cost. I just asked for the book and that's it, you know, and then I mail the boxes to friends when I have packages to mail. But it's, you know, somebody made a joke once. It's like somebody's going to your house. They're picking up something that you have in your mailbox out and sending it across the country, only costing you, you know, 45 cents to do that. When you look at it in that perspective, it's like, yeah, you know what? And let's, you know, sidebar post office hopefully they get their management in order there and get rid of the people that are you know wasting money destroying machines and hopefully they get that back in order but it's amazing that you could actually send something across the country for, for even you know cents if it was 60 cents but yeah i'm a stamp person and i do send some things and you know some local businesses don't bill online so you have to, to yeah. mail them checks checks another thing right that's uh very seldom i mean i'm writing a check but that's it's kind of interesting how uh i i don't have any problem with them raising the price i think 58 cents is good i just had no idea i thought it was in the 30s i i just I, i've been so long yeah i don't know either but and i use them but i like to ask for the the cool stamps like you know do you have any animal stamps or that's what i ask for when i go in can i have the dinosaurs you know that's me idiot asking the person in the post office for the fun stamps and scooby-doo i've had scooby-doo stamps too well uh, scooby-dooby-doo um i love i love scooby-doo what about uh, the peanuts gang did you have any stamps on the peanuts gang i have not no not but i i do have a charlie brown christmas book paperback you know i take that out every christmas <laughs> well good because i've got a story for you um fans of the peanuts gang will soon get a, a behind the scenes look at their beloved characters origins and gain further insight into charles m schultz their creator and it's all thanks to apple tv plus the streaming services debuted a trailer uh, last week for the upcoming documentary titled who are you charlie brown narrated by lapita nuango uh, and executive producer brian grazer and ron howard is part of it as well the upcoming release features interviews from friends family cartoonists and celebrity fans i always loved my favorite uh, Charlie Brown, you mentioned about the Christmas thing. Is it just when you hear, you know it's Christmas time when you hear, Christmas time is here. <laughs> and, and, 
what products did they always sell during Charlie Brown specials? Remember? No. Ollie Madison cakes. Remember? Yes. <laughs> Look at this. Now we're really, we, we, we've lost half the audience now because <laughs> we, we're talking old school. I always like to talk old school. Yay. I love old school. I, 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 for some reason, I feel like I saw a Charles Schulte somewhere in New York City, somewhere in my lifetime. But that actually reminds me, I actually saw Charles Adams exhibit the Adams family. They had that in the New York Public Library and they had his desk and they had his drawings. And I'm a big fan of his. I used to collect all the, the hardcover books from him, but love Charles Adams. Anyway, the Adams the artist as we should. Of course I know the petite. I can't, I can't do that. I can never do you my that's not yep. not, but I can whistle. That very talented. Look at that. You didn't say I could snap. I, I did. I loved the Adams family growing up. I, I loved You know, what are your thoughts? I know you don't uh, get to watch a lot of TV, but what are your thoughts of reboots of TV? They just had the friends. Um, they did friends. They did the uh, reunion kind of uh, a thing. But TV shows are starting to do reboots and things. And we talked old school. Do you like the new school where it goes, you know, where the, the old show that you like, they bring it back? I am old school 100%. As soon as I hear they're going to do something, I just, just make your own series. Just be creative. Same with movies. I don't like reboots. Just, I love the old movie. Why do you feel you need to do it, quote, better than the original? So, no, I like the old things. I think people can be more creative and just do their own series. I agree. There's certain movies that you're really, I mean... You couldn't redo The Godfather, like, no. in the way that they did it. You couldn't, you know, I didn't like that they redid Psycho. Like, there's certain movies that just don't need to be, like, right. I, I would hope, I mean, I love the Back to the Future movies, the all three of them, right? I just don't know how you would bring on new people to do it and make it, it was so iconic that how do you, how do you even try to do that? Why would you try to do that? I think they're just going for a younger audience that maybe never saw the original that, you know, and uh, jazz it up for the kids so that they can pay attention. I call them kids. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't like reboot. I don't like anything changing. Guess my husband. Every time they, they change the way you do something, like, why are they doing that? I just, I like old school. I, I get used to something and that's it. Boom. Stuck. Well, one of the things that uh, you probably are the same way. One of the things that when we were growing up, we learned about history and like, for instance, I didn't, I wasn't really around much when John Wayne did movies. I mean, he died in 1977. I was a little kid, but I remember looking back and watching movies or watch movies with Marilyn Monroe or you watch movies. I don't think anybody really, it's same with music. I had my kids listening to older music at a young age and even Guitar Hero was able to bring that out with a lot of the older songs so they can remember it. And now they like older music, not just the new stuff. I think if you're just into the new stuff, and like you said, maybe they hadn't seen Back to the Future. Well, you know, you can go on any streaming service and watch it. So right. it's just laziness is what I like to call it. I, I, I find it frightening when I say to somebody, yeah, the Beatles, like who? I'm like, what? Like, yeah. I, I have a crank record player that plays 78s from like the 1930s because I thought it was cool. I mean, I know who... Um, you know, Billie Holiday is, even though I wasn't listening to music, I know who um, all the opera stars are from, yeah. you know, 
20s, but I wasn't there listening, but I, I just find that amazing. I mean, I love all kinds of music, most kinds of music, but you have to know what came before. I mean, aren't you interested? I don't that's what I don't understand. I'm very interested in the things that came before me. I'm also, I try to keep up with the new stuff also. When I have my playlist for my pool parties, I try to be, you know, the best mix of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and today, right? I don't just live in the 80s, right? I don't just live in the 50s, 60s, right? Try to have a little bit of, of everything. And I, and I, my, um, my son's girlfriend, uh, I had music on last Sunday at a party, and she's like, I really love your playlist because it was just such a plethora of different kinds of music. And every once in a while, there's a new song, there's an old song, there's a new song. It's, it's just kind of um, what I think you need to have. You have just a variety of stuff. I, I, I made fun of my son and his girlfriend the other night. They went to a place. I don't know. You guys, do you guys have Culver's by you? It's a, it's a custard kind of place where they, they have burgers and they make butter burgers. Have you heard of I- no, but I'm, I'm not, a, I don't eat burgers, so I wouldn't. Well, okay. But anyway, they went there and they had gone a couple of, about a week ago and they got us some stuff. And I ordered this, this thing um, w- with uh, chocolate covered strawberry custard with, and oh. they, and they, and they nice. put marshmallow in it. And I asked for nuts and I didn't get nuts. And I kept saying, uh, and when they came this past week, I, I made a joke. I said, I'm still waiting for my nuts, you know. <laughs> but what was funny is my son and his girlfriend got the same exact thing they got from the last time. I go, you do realize that there's a reason that, and this is showing my age, that Baskin Robbins had more than 31, fla- had 31 flavors because you need to try them all. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I, we joke. I, I, I can't comment on current, like, top 40 music and what people listen to, but when my husband are driving and we're next to a car and their windows are closed and we hear boom, 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 boom oh. coming out. Our joke is, hey, that needs more bass. That's yeah. our joke. Because it's like you're blowing your eardrums out with that. I mean, I like to recognize artistry, otherwise known as artistry, in any genre of music if someone can actually keep a beat, sing, you know, in, in a key without auto-tune. Sorry, kids, if you're using auto-tune. But that's that's my uh, standard for music. You know, like Enrico Caruso, I was trying to think of him before, uh, as far as opera singers yeah. go. But Bonnie Raitt, who's never off-key. Just people like that. It's like you just really appreciate that in music. Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said everybody's got their taste. That's it. Well, true. And and, and just like you said, I don't, I'm not, I don't try to keep up with all of the – uh, new stuff, but I mean, I remember watching the Grammys when, when the first time I I saw the when they introduced the weekend. I'm like, I was ready for Lover Boy, but are you you know ready for the weekend? I I had no idea who this person was, and then there was another. Uh, I was just thinking, half these people, I have no idea who they were, and everybody was all excited about the weekend doing the Super Bowl, and I was like, it's okay, but I would never. That would be the type of person that I would never want to see in concert because. Their music is really more for the studio. Does that make sense? Or am I, I'm being yeah. an old curmudgeon. Yeah, no, sorry. Hey, I've seen King Crimson four times. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's who I want to see. And the remainder of yes, I saw them a few years ago. Who's left? You know, that's, I want to see the left, probably the classical avant-garde composer. I've seen him more than anybody else in my concert tracks for movies doing live soundtracks or plays and and he's just brilliant and he's different you know but philip glass kids go out and listen to him 
That's it. Well, how can um, so you you've got a web you don't you're not on Facebook you are on Twitter, so why don't uh-huh. you give your Twitter handle and also your website so that people could kind of take a look at some of your reels and some of the amazing stuff that you've done. Um, AdrianWatson.com. It's A D R I E N N E Watson.com, and it just shows some of my TV things. I also write some comedy and do a little amateur stand up. I did some writing for the National Lampoon, so I've done a lot of things. But you know, so many things in life. <laughs> New Devils doing some hockey work. So I've done a lot of different things, but that's my website, and it's at Adrian Funny for Twitter handle. I love the stuff that you do on Twitter, and I follow you on Twitter. I've been following you for a long time, and I love the stuff. I like to be funny too, and I think that's why I started this. It was originally, you know, because I'm too lazy to get up on stage and do a stand-up act. But this this is kind of something I always wanted to do. Just you know, to be funny, to write again, to be you know. What's what's interesting is people don't understand how hard it is to come up with even this on a weekly basis. And I always watch Jerry Seinfeld and he says, you don't know how long it took me to write this speech that I had to do today. Like, it's just amazing. So no, observing the funny things, the best comedians like Jerry Seinfeld or Billy Gardell, if you've ever seen him for, you know, from Mike and Molly. Yes. Love him. They do observational comedy and it doesn't have, you know, it's, it's generally not, involving any cursing and they'll make a joke about maybe a bug on the windshield of your car or you know the way your wife looks at you it that's the best kind of comedy it's observational but you know it's great to surprise comedy it's like you know I'm, I'm i'm at the food store checking out and the and the cashier says okay that's two hundred dollars so i pause for a second i go what you know and that, <laughs> yeah because they get surprised things like that <laughs> well it's true and then and then i hate the fact that at, at a supermarket they want me to scan my own groceries like like for instance they want me to put a smock on and start getting paid that's that's oh. when i'll scan the groceries i'm afraid of that machine i will never do that i'm afraid of that machine yeah exactly well you can like lens burning bush on facebook at lens burning bush follow at lens burning bush on twitter uh, of course not as good as your twitter feed but it is on twitter i have a youtube channel len harvey and you could find uh, most of the recent episodes on YouTube as well. But you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. And Adrian, you can even ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush. But make sure you say Lens Burning Bush podcast, because if you say Lens Burning Bush, I don't know if you get the religious stuff or anything else could come up. Uh, I don't want you to get shocked. Um, we are on Pandora as well. So all of these places have decided that um, it, I guess you don't really need much standards and it just goes on. That's what it comes, comes down to. Well, I got to say, Len, it, it, kudos to you because if people out there, podcast, podcast, you just, you just sit down and start spewing. But it takes a lot of thought and preparation to do a podcast. And you decided you wanted to do that. You went, got the equipment, set it up, and you put the effort in every week. And I really commend you for that. You know, that's awesome. People really need to appreciate more the artistic work done in this country. Well, thank you. It has been a pleasure. It's great to see you again. Let's try to, you know, do this a little bit more often. Uh, I'll have you back on again. We'll talk more about the stuff and we'll talk more about your opera background because I like to maybe we could do Luciano Pavarotti and uh, all the stuff. I remember the old Odd Couple episodes where they had opera on and they brought on some older that's in the 1970s but again 
Oh, the original Odd Couple, not the reboot, right? Of, of course, the one with Tony Randall and Jack Clubman, the good one, absolutely. So, but thank you, thanks to Adrian Watson. I'm Len Harvey, and so long to the old left-hander. We'll be back again with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. So long.